You are Locked On Mississippi State, your daily podcast on the Mississippi State Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Hell State Nation? on Mississippi State, your daily podcast for Mississippi State Bulldog Athletics. I'm your host, Taylor Jones. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Uh, We got a special show today as uh, the Thursday edition of Locked On Mississippi State. We usually try to bring on a uh, beat writer that covers uh, Mississippi State's opposition And we're doing that today with Nick Roush of Kentucky Sports Radio. Uh, The Bulldogs and the Wildcats getting ready to kick off at 6.30 Eastern on SEC Network at uh, Kroger Field. Still very weird to call it Kroger Field. I'm used to calling it Commonwealth, but um, here we are. And we're going to be previewing the big game today from the Kentucky side of things. So that way you have a better idea of what to expect on Saturday. But Nick, uh, pleasure to be talking with you today. How are you? Well, I'm glad to be on. Glad to be talking a little ball with you. Um, ahead of, uh, I think it's safe to say this is a very important game for for both teams. And I, I feel like even though Kentucky and Mississippi State, they aren't rivals in a sense of you know the kind of old school way you think of a rivalry, but the the cross division rivalry it really does. It, it can make or break a season for for each team if they don't win this game. Yeah, you're exactly right about that. We will start with that. Of course, you mentioned uh, Kentucky-Mississippi State. It could be make or break. I know my co-host has said that this is going to be a huge turning point for both teams this year. Whatever they do in this game is really going to dictate how the rest of the season goes. A very odd year due to COVID-19 protocols. We're seeing a conference-only schedule this year. And when you're thinking about the SEC, you think the best of the best, the top of the line. So with that being said, do you think that there's a possibility that we're going to see more upsets within the conference just because you're having to play 10 of college football's best teams week in and week out? Well, I, I mean, unfortunately for you guys, y'all, I think y'all were the first to experience that. Um, but as we saw with the Texas A&M-Vanderbilt game, and I mean, kind of Kentucky Ole Miss too. I know uh, the Cats were a six-and-a-half-point favorite, but pretty much every – UK fan thought it would be at least that, and it already kind of chalked it up as a W. And I think just with the the natural grind of things, especially early in the season, and and, and then throughout, I mean, there's just no time to exhale. Really, uh, you you can't afford to beat up on a team from the MAC or a Georgia Southern or some somebody from the Sun Belt to get your feet underneath you and kind of regroup and get a little bit confidence about you. So it's going to be a grind in. The thing that I, I do find that is at least encouraging is that of all of the like, – it's not incredibly top-heavy this year. Um, Georgia's defense looked dominant against Auburn, uh, and Alabama is m- mad Alabama <laughs> after after the way last season went. But aside from that, I feel like most teams are generally about the same, uh, just with a little bit of their strengths kind of varying in certain circumstances – Florida, their offense is really clicking at a high level. Uh, But for the most part, I really do think that almost any team can beat any other given team on any given Saturday, and that's just made this season absolutely bananas. And staying on the topic of SEC schedule, SEC announced that it's going to be SEC only, no non-conference games. So for Kentucky, uh, looking at it, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Auburn, and Alabama from the West, plus the East teams, uh, no playing Louisville this year. That was uh, one of the 
many teams in the SEC East that uh, didn't get the opportunity to play their biggest non-conference rival. So just what was the vibe around Lexington when that was announced, and uh, just what's it like not being able to play Louisville this year? It's very disappointing because um, I'm from Louisville, and the, the the rivalry is really at its boiling point in the city of Louisville because – most of the, I mean, it's pretty split. Uh, whereas, like some, you know, parts of the, elsewhere in the state, you don't get Louisville fans yapping at you regularly. And right now, uh, the, the rivalry it kind of shifts back and forth pretty dramatically from one side to the other. And right now, it's it's going well for the Cats. And uh, after watching Louisville's defense just uh, fail to tackle uh, air, uh, anything but air, I should say. Uh, it was it was really disappointing. Uh, another chance to, to whoop up on him because the last two years, Kentucky set rushing records a year ago, put up like 50 points. It's the year before, 50 points. So it's it was really disappointing. And I think the worst part is, is you're hearing Louisville fans, oh, well, they were scared to play us. And it's like, oh, gosh, come on. It's not like we're South Carolina who is actually getting a break not playing Clemson. This is a chance for Kentucky fans. Really, really we're chomping at the bit to get another big win over, over the cards. Yeah, that is kind of hilarious to me, too. I've got some family from South Carolina, and that's all Gamecock fans talk about. Oh, well, Clemson was afraid to play us. I was like, no, they're not. <laughs> they are not. Uh, can't really say the same for uh, Florida, Florida State, because I'm, you know, the the way that both of those seasons are going right now, I think it's easy Man. that uh, Florida State, uh, yeah, Florida State and Georgia Tech from the ACC got a uh, much better uh, draw at not playing their SEC rivals as well. Uh, talking with Nick Roush from Kentucky Sports Radio, helping us preview the Mississippi State-Kentucky game coming up on Saturday at 6.30. Uh, one last thing I wanted to bring up here in segment number one, just because it's a story that I've been following for uh, quite a while now, being in Mississippi awfully close to the Alabama state line. You follow uh, recruiting all the way through the SEC, and there's a guy by the name of Joey Gatewood, that uh, played for Auburn. He signed He signed with Auburn uh, coming out of Florida, and uh, things didn't quite work out well. He was there uh, when Jarrett Stidham was there, and they assumed, okay, well, he's probably going to be the starter once Jarrett Stidham leaves. But then all of a sudden, here comes Bo Nix, which is a legacy uh, with Auburn quarterbacks. His dad, Patrick, played in the early 90s, and he came in and won the job immediately and has been a starter as a true freshman since last year. So Joey said, okay, you know, things aren't really working out. I tried to give it a try, but at the middle of the season last year, he decided to transfer, and it was announced that he was going to Kentucky. And all summer long, we had kind of, you know, wondered, are we going to see Joey Gatewood play? You know, what's the SEC's process on this going to be? And um, then the SEC schedule came out and announced, oh, Auburn and Kentucky are playing first. So, obviously, he's going to be cleared for that, right? Because that gives Joey the opportunity to get revenge at Auburn. He wasn't cleared, but all of a sudden, on I think it was like that Monday or Tuesday after Kentucky and Auburn played, oh, he's magically clear. He's ready to go out there and play. So, just what were your thoughts on, uh, one, getting Joey Gatewood, two, just the whole process of him getting cleared to play for the Wildcats, and three, uh, how do you see him contributing this year knowing that uh, you've got Terry Wilson Jr. slinging the ball out there as well? It really was wild there for a while because like like any transfer waiver, uh, you're kind of on pins and needles and there's no, there's, there's nothing, there's no specific timetable or not. So it's just like every day it's like, we're going to get something new. And then you meet with the coaches and you've got to ask to see if anything's changed or not. And as we got closer, uh, the coaches sounded more and more confident 
but you weren't hearing anything. And then finally it was, well, it's kind of a hold up by the SEC. And that's when I was like, well, this isn't obviously going to happen in time for game number one. Uh, there was plenty of talk around Kentucky that there was a form of gentleman's agreement, nod, nod, wink, wink, that yeah. uh, the SEC would wait until after that Auburn game for Gatewood to be eligible. And uh, to be frank with you, I, I don't know how much Gatewood would have helped in that game, uh, but if not for a fumble near the end zone, where maybe that's I think that's where Gatewood's probably best contributions to this team would be. Yeah, even though he left Auburn to not be in this kind of pigeonholed uh, running quarterback role, I think he would be uh, valuable in a short yardage situation. He's a big body; he can get things moving forward. Terry Wilson's an exceptional runner, uh, but. You know, his quarterback sneaking in and lowering his shoulder and running over some people. Not exactly his strengths. So maybe, maybe that could have uh, been beneficial whenever Kentucky fumbled at the goal line at Auburn. Uh, or actually, that was an interception. They fumbled at the goal line at Ole Miss. That's kind of been the tale of Kentucky season so far. Uh, but that, uh, I, as far as Gatewood's gone, as somebody who's covered pretty high-profile transfers in the last two seasons, I get a little bit worn out from him. Uh, Xavier Peters was a year ago. He was a four-star Under Armour All-American that, uh, you know, he, <laughs> he he ended up never playing a down really for Kentucky uh, before going the JUCO route. And it was – he was talked about – it was all we talked about all summer. Xavier Peters going to be eligible, and nothing really came of that. Not to say that nothing's going to come from Gatewood, but uh, a lot of misguided frustrations are being placed on the quarterback play. When uh, through the first two weeks, the the kind of surprise is that uh, what was thought to be a strength in Kentucky secondary has really let him down thus far. We're talking with Nick Roush from Kentucky Sports Radio. We'll continue our conversation about the Wildcats. We'll go over their first two games of the year and get Nick's thoughts on where the Kentucky Wildcats stand as we head into week three of SEC-only play when the Bulldogs get to travel to Lexington and take on the Wildcats. This is Locked On Mississippi State, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts that are available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts they have available for your car or truck. Once you make your purchases, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that you heard about rockauto.com from Locked On Mississippi State. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. More with Nick Roush from Kentucky Sports Radio in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you by Home Field Apparel. Home Field Apparel, they make premium collegiate apparel, vintage designs. And I've got to tell you, I bought a hoodie from Home Field Apparel the other day. Just got it in just in time for the game last week. And let me tell you, it is the softest yet warmest hoodie I have ever worn in my life. And of course, if you're a sucker for Vintage logos just like me. Hey, Homefield is a place for you. Go to homefieldapparel.com right now. Search Mississippi State and look at their wide selection of T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, and much more. Again, that is Homefield Apparel. Visit homefieldapparel.com and make your choice. And when you find that perfect piece for your wardrobe, be sure to type in Locked On State and you will get 20% off your first order. Again, 20% off with the code Locked On State from homefieldapparel.com. Nick Roush from Kentucky Sports Radio joining us on today's show. And 
We talked a little bit about some SEC scheduling and what the thoughts were in Lexington about uh, playing an SEC-only schedule and not having to play Louisville. Uh, apparently not going over well, as it seems like the Wildcats would have uh, probably had an easy time with the Cardinals this year if they had a chance uh, to play. And, of course, it's another year that uh, both fan bases can't uh, can't really win the year, if you will. Nobody has bragging rights for this year. Uh, but now we're going to move on to what Kentucky has been able to do so far this year. They come in at 0-2 with tight games against Auburn and Ole Miss most recently falling in overtime at home against the Ole Miss Rebels. A lot of big things I took away from that game, Nick, and one of those was there were three players on Kentucky's team that rushed for over 100 yards, 400 yards total on the ground. So when you think about this rushing game and how great of a game they had against Ole Miss, how well do you think that stacks up with what Mississippi State does defensively? Well, I I do think that Kentucky's going to – their their best defense against Ole Miss was just keeping it out of their hands, and and I think uh, you're going to see a similar approach this weekend. It's what they did last year with Lynn Bowden running the Wildcat in that just bizarre second half of the 2019 season, and, and so you're going to see a lot of that again. But I uh, Kavasi Smoke was a guy who he, I think he has the longest touchdown uh, run of the year. He had that against Auburn. He broke his ribs. So now the three-headed kind of monster at running back that Kentucky has is down to two. They still have a a, a solid pass catcher and explosive rusher and A.J. Rose and a power guy with Chris Rodriguez. So they still have kind of a mix of two different styles, but they will be down a player. Uh, But nevertheless, there's there's a part of this Mississippi State defense that really concerns me, and it's it's for different reasons than normal. Like when you think of a Mississippi State football team – Obviously, this isn't the same old Mississippi State with Mike Leach in charge. But, uh, you know, going back through the years, your Montez Sweats, your Jeffrey Simmons, your Bernardrick McKinney's, and that kind of classic smash mouth, uh, you know, 4-3 style, uh, if you will. The 3-3-5 just – Kentucky actually had problems with it last year against Tennessee Martin. Their FCS opponent played it, and it took them a little while to figure out uh, just how to – to, to zone block those because your principles remain the same, but yet you're still getting such different looks that it's, it's going to take them a while to adjust. So I'm worried that with some elite athletes and some, some big linebackers inside that it, it, it might take them a while to, to get the running game going. Uh, and now I guess there is a benefit where four of the guys, four of the starters this year and, even the reserves played against UT Martin, so they at least saw it. Uh, this was in the second to last game of last season. It was that pre-rivalry week uh, breather, if you will. Uh, but th- so they have a little bit of experience against it. But I do think that Mississippi State's defense is going to give them some fits in the run game. It's going to force Terry Wilson to to have to let it rip a little bit. And perfect transition. That was the next guy I wanted to bring up. We talked a little bit about quarterbacks in segment number one with Joey Gatewood, but uh, Terry Wilson had a pretty big game against Auburn, threw for 239 yards against the Tigers, and uh, I think last week they got exposed against Georgia. But Kentucky really dominated every stat line. They led in passing. They led in total yards. They led in rushing. Terry Wilson throws for 230 yards. So how much – How much impact do you think a solid, uh, balanced offense from Kentucky will do when it's all clicking on all cylinders? How good of a team do you see Kentucky being offensively when everything's working together? 
Well, and that's that's what was so frustrating for Kentucky fans is that in the Ole Miss game is that the old the, the offense finally got it going. Uh, that was the name of the game last year. You were kind of beating your head against the wall, waiting for something to happen offensively. And uh, as expected, it, it took a little bit of it took a little time to get some, kick some rust off for Terry against Auburn. Uh, you know, they had uh, he had the interception in the end zone right before half. Uh, and there was a couple times where he just made poor decisions. And I think you expect that from a guy who hasn't played football in a year, who's coming off a serious injury, but he, he, he looked well, uh, against Ole Miss. They didn't ask him to do a whole lot throwing the football, uh, as Mark Stoops put, he's like, you know, we ran for 408 yards. You'd be an idiot to, to deviate from that. But, uh, I, I think really if there is a, kind of a mystery is that the, the pass catchers aren't exactly there aren't a whole lot of them and they aren't at the elite level you know you're not going to be able to throw it up to, to guys um like auburn did with seth williams or elijah moore isaac mingo like the, you've got some stacked wide receiver cores in the sec kentucky does not have one they have a, a reliable go-to guy josh ellie uh, terry wilson is going to target number six a ton uh out of the slot he guns runs out of the outside as well um but aside from that, a lot of folks are just hoping that Bryce Oliver will return. He's had a hamstring injury. Number 85 is a redshirt sophomore. And he, he caught two big passes last year, He uh, one of which was like a 40-yard touchdown from Wilson. And then he caught a big pass from Bowden. So there's a lot of optimism about Oliver being able to go up and get the ball and, and make some big plays. But Kentucky they haven't been able to see him just yet. So his return uh, would certainly help, especially uh, when, when another guy, Demarcus Harris, this kid, he's been good for him, redshirt freshman. He's got great releases, great speed. Hands haven't been great, and there's also rain in the forecast for Saturday night, about a 70% chance of rain, give or take. So uh, holding on to that football, it's going to be even more difficult. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. We're talking with Nick Rouse from Kentucky Sports Radio. Got one more thing to discuss when we return here on today's edition of Locked On Mississippi State. Talking with Nick Rouse here in our final segment of today's show. And uh, Nick, I know uh, folks in Lexington are... uh, are a little familiar with the air raid system. It's kind of where it all began with Hal Mummy and Mike Leach back in the day, but now Mike Leach is getting ready to come back to Lexington and he's bringing the air raid with him. So just what is uh, Coach Stoop saying about the air raid system and how are they going to try to defend it on Saturday? Well, uh, you know, that's easier said than done. Uh, I, I will say that Stoops is quite familiar with, with Coach Leach's offense. Um, and I – he he typically re- relies on the zone. He's he's not a big fan of playing man and trying to blitz your your ears off. Um, but I still don't think we'll necessarily see exactly what Arkansas did, where they spent a lot of time just in quarters dropping eight back. Um, so I, I think that's generally the route they're going to try to go. But what, what Kentucky has struggled to do that uh, that this might be the week that they turn it around. They, they've done a real poor job of just take, hitting the quarterback. The, the pass rush has gotten there, and they flush quarterbacks out of the pocket, but they don't make the tackles. In the last two weeks, Matt Corral and Bo Nix each led they, – they both led their teams in rushing because 
they were just getting aggravating yards scrambling on third down. So I, I think Stoops is going to be putting an emphasis on getting to Costello, putting some pressure on him. He's not quite as mobile as some of the other guys. So they'll, I, I see him rushing four a lot, maybe bringing a dog linebacker. Um, but it's it's a big game for Kentucky's middle linebackers. You know, Michael H. loves the middle of the field, picking those guys apart. Uh, so they they they've they've at least gotten a little bit warmed up with the way that Lane Kiffin uh, likes to use tempo and, and Gus Malzahn and Chad Morris as well. So now is the time to to kind of get things right uh, because if not, uh, you know, we all know what Michael H. offense can do to you. A great conversation today with Nick Roush from Kentucky Sports Radio. Final question, Nick: What else do you and the guys at Kentucky Sports Radio are working on this week, and where can people find you on social media? Well, uh, if y'all want us to really get in the nuts and bolts of it, uh, I, I got a podcast with my friend Adam Luckett. It's called Eleven Personnel. Uh, if you can give us a, a, a check us out there, he has a very. I, I really enjoy his take. He thinks that Mike Leach kind of ruined Kentucky fans. We have the highest expectations of quarterbacks thanks to Leach's offense. Um, so we're you know we got we got a little bit of everything to get Kentucky fans ready for the game at KentuckySportsRadio.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Roush KSR. It's Roush is in Roush Racing. No relation. Um, if it was, then I'd be driving race cars and, and not talking to to you all today. <laughs> well, I guess we can't have everything, can we? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Nick Roush from Kentucky Sports Radio joining us on today's show. Nick, a pleasure talking with you. I feel uh, more enlightened about today's game and i uh, wish saturday could be here but until then uh we uh wish you guys the best of luck the rest of the way and thanks again for stopping by well i appreciate you having me and enjoy the air raid sirens accompanying the sound of cowbells and you can follow us on social media twitter and instagram at locked on miss state that's locked on m-i-s-s-s-t or you can send us an email, locked on Mississippi State at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you and uh, hearing your comments and concerns ahead of this weekend's game between Mississippi State and the Kentucky Wildcats. Kyle Roush from Kentucky Sports Radio joining us today. A big thanks to him for being a part of today's show. Uh, tomorrow will be our Maroon Friday show with Bart Heitch as we give our final thoughts on the game on Saturday and plus talk a little bit about what's going on in the SEC ahead of another great weekend of college football. So until then, we'll talk again tomorrow. Hell State, we'll see you soon.